the Protectors of the Wood podcast. Remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts. This podcast tells the story of misfit teenagers struggling to band together and help our world through this crisis. Episode number 56, The Goose That Laid the Golden Egg. An hour flew by. Phoebe conversed with a stream of people and made sail after sail. When her customers were gone, she noticed Gilligan standing by the door. She waved and he walked over to her, smiling. Ugh, I'm a very lucky man. You're doing a good job. In fact, I'm going to give you a raise. And I've hired Luis, at least for a two-week trial period. He's outside helping manage the crowd. He knows how to talk to people. But we need one more problem solved. Sammy is meeting with that lawyer in the coffee shop. And uh, I want you to meet them. And uh, I want you to join them. Find a solution to the soccer playing in the backyard. Use your own guideline. What the law will allow. Phoebe jumped up and limped out the door as fast as she could go. This was an assignment that she was more than eager to tackle. On the way through the courtyard, she admired the organization of the new green market. The tables simply followed the pattern of the large square, leaving ample room for the door and the front gate and an open plaza in the center. Luis stood at the gate and welcomed and directed the stream of people. Penny and Fred Peterson and Chester and Tom Winkle were all talking and making sales as the crowd moved about, checking out the tables full of food. The commotion on the sidewalk that morning had drawn a lot of attention. Come on, folks! Fresh produce! Fresh produce here! We got everything! We got carrots! We got taters! We got celery! We got lettuce! Everything fresh! Come on, folks! Step up! Step up! Oh, 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 look at all the money. We're making money hand over fist. Oh, oh, one, two, three. The atmosphere reminded Phoebe of her parents' street fairs in the old days. She said hello and gave out lavish compliments and finally stopped to speak to Penny near the gate. A bench was piled high with breads and muffins. Apparently... No more tables were available. Penny, you should have spoken to me. No need to bother. This is going great. Really, I'm doing fine. Penny waved her hand at the scene around them and quickly turned her attention back to the customers standing nearby waiting to pay. Others were crowded around the bench reading the labels and talking. I've sold more than half my stuff already. What more could I want? Excuse me, uh, is that bread gluten-free, honey? Not that one. But I've got three gluten-free loaves left, and some muffins. 
They're my specialty. Look along this bench. And in the bag on your right. Looks great, Penny. Phoebe skipped out of the courtyard and down the sidewalk to the coffee shop. Stephanie stood behind the counter, talking to customers and serving coffee. Hot food in 20 minutes. Hot food in 20 minutes. Phoebe sat at the counter. Ugh, Phoebe, I need shoes. I'll never make it through the day in these heels. Get me anything without cleats. Remember my size? Something a little small on you. Should I get the shoes first or talk to Sammy? Better talk to Sammy. He's at the table now. But he'll be back behind the counter any minute. Phoebe took a mug of coffee into the back where Sammy and William Windeman sat talking. Windeman rose to greet Phoebe and shake her hand. He was a lawyer in his 50s with an office in Evansville, but he lived in Half Moon and visited clients locally. He had advised the protectors of the Wood Foundation for over 20 years. Phoebe pulled up a chair and joined them. Phoebe, my dear, you look wonderful. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to talk to you at your party last month. It was a bit dicey, as you'll recall. And I guess we've got ourselves a bit of a situation here, too. But we're making some progress. Are we not? Windeman looked at Sammy for confirmation. Oh, I think so. Phoebe may be a tougher judge than I am, but I think we've got a good list of short-term solutions. Sammy looked at a page of notes on the table before him. You've got hungry people waiting, so let's start with anything urgent. Very well then, here are some guidelines. If you don't charge admission or create a disturbance or pack in more than 95 people, you are within your rights to run this concert. But of course, the police can harass you over a variety of things. We need to restrain their behavior and provide witnesses in court if it comes to that. I've advised Sammy to find credible, respected adults who can observe the proceedings both inside and at the front door. Journalists, lawyers, teachers, people like that. And I barely know any of those folks. This is where you come in. Sammy gave Phoebe a pointed look. Me? I've been out of town for a year. But Stephanie's uncle is the editor of the Evansville Record. Sammy looked at Windeman. See? I told you! And Mr. Windeman, you're a lawyer. Can you attend the concert? Of course. I wouldn't miss it for the world. And I'll be useful, believe me. But I'm your lawyer. We'll need some adults not on your payroll. How about Reverend Tuck? I thought of him, but I decided to leave him alone. <laughs> He's got his own problems to worry about. Well, we'll work on it. What's next? 
You've got no insurance for running soccer games in the backyard, and it's not clear to me how you can get any. As a store that is presumably doing this to attract customers, a rather unusual thing to do, you're in a kind of legal netherworld. To the best of my knowledge, insurance companies will have no track record for this kind of thing and will refuse to touch it. Phoebe scowled, but did not speak. But I've come up with an idea that might work. You must have relationships with people in the soccer world, coaches and administrators at schools and clubs. What if you and Sammy were to rent your backyards to an organization that runs a soccer program? What if they already have insurance for their games, practices, whatever? What if their teams play all over the valley, wherever they can find a convenient patch of grass? It's my understanding that team members of a club or school would be automatically insured for legitimate practices and games for registered players. If you rent your field to them, it would be difficult to hold you liable. I've got to look into it in depth, but as an emergency idea, it's pretty good. I'll drop an agreement. Just rent the space to someone who will assume responsibility. For one dollar or a thousand, whatever you like. These backyards open onto Stable Lane. It's perfectly credible that the field can be used independently of the stores. Now, of course, you cannot disturb the peace. People may complain. We'll do it, Mr. Runneman. You're just the person we need. I'll get in touch with the Half Moon Soccer Club. They're our only hope. But it's a decent chance. Call me William, and you'd better hurry. I'll drop a contract and pay you another visit tomorrow, hopefully by two in the afternoon. I'll leave blanks for the details. We need one more important favor. Come next door with me and talk to Gilligan. Of course. He owns half the field and will need to sign that agreement. And, incidentally, give me a check for my services. <laughs> Why should your opponents have all the advantages when I'm here to advise you? I'll have a renter for you by tomorrow. Anything else? Don't forget the promises you made last night! Staff for the front and back door, dealing with crowds on the sidewalk, counting customers and holding the number below 95? <laughs> That's all in your department! I can do it. But Sammy, please follow through with Chief Santiago. Yes, yeah, I haven't forgotten. Thank you. She held out her hand and Sammy slapped her five. I've got to run, and so do you. Thank you so much, mister. Oh, I mean, William. Can I tell Gilligan you'll be coming by soon? Please do, and take my card. Call me directly if you need me. Phoebe waved to Stephanie as she headed out for the sidewalk. Oh, my feet. My feet. Phoebe selected a bright orange pair of indoor soccer shoes and gave them to a grateful Stephanie. Windeman arrived to speak to Gilligan, and the two men moved to the back room to talk. 
Phoebe spent what felt like a month at the cash register. She became aware that she had eaten nothing all day and occupied her mind with visions of eggs and fried potatoes, grilled fish, and sandwiches of all kinds. Finally, Gilligan and Windeman reappeared, both smiling and shaking hands as they parted. Gilligan strolled over to the counter and waited for Phoebe to be free. Huh, a meeting that was actually useful. A rare thing in life. We ended up sitting on the back steps, and it's the first time I ever really looked at that yard. I'll give you one day to rent it to an organization with insurance. One day. Otherwise, you'll have to move this soccer group somewhere else. I understand. The Friday night concert already has too many risks. You're a far more reasonable person than I thought. I'm giving you a raise. A dollar an hour more, beginning next week. That's wonderful. I'm very grateful. You deserve it. I'm going to see how things in the courtyard are going, and then give you a break to get a bite to eat. You should do what I do and bring your lunch with you. Gilligan remained outside for over an hour. Phoebe continued to talk to people and make sales. The store was running out of many staple items. She wasn't sure what was left in the basement. Crayons and paper and magic markers and books and scooters and helmets and dolls and blocks of all sorts and toys of every description. All had to be reordered. Soccer shoes, socks, shin guards, shorts, t-shirts, jerseys, and jackets were gone or running low. There wasn't a soccer ball, other than Phoebe's practice balls, left in the store. The place was a mess. Debris flowed in from the green market like an avalanche. Lemon cuke skins, peach pits, corn husks, blackberries, roasted finger beans, paper and plastic bags, and a hundred other things were all over the floor and even on the tables and shelves. Phoebe darted around, sweeping parts of the store whenever no customers asked for her attention. She was feeling faint when Gilligan and Luis returned. Sorry, sorry, go take a break. They're starting to close the green market. We had to make arrangements for tomorrow. Here's a list of things we're out of. I'll see what's left in the basement before I get lunch. But I'm sure you'll want to reorder. Gilligan scanned the two-page list. Some list. Yes, indeed. Everything's going well. It's hard to believe. I'll be showing Louise the routine for making sales. We had a sandwich outside, so take your time. Phoebe gritted her teeth and descended to the basement. Another half hour flew by as she brought boxes up the narrow stairway and restocked the shelves. Her dizziness increased, and finally she stepped out the back door and sat on the steps. The sun was sinking behind her, casting shadows over the backyard. As she gazed at the small plot of land, she was filled with determination to save her little soccer field. 
This little field is a good thing. Altogether, a good thing. The kids like it here. Where the people are. This is fun. Why can't these kids have a place in the town? I like them. They're my kind of people. Feeling steady once more, Phoebe walked over to Sammy's back door and noticed four tables with chairs set up on the grass near the back steps. Two couples were sharing an early dinner at one of the tables. Whoa, Sammy catches on quick. She entered the coffee shop, sat at the counter, and studied the day's list of specials scrolled on the blackboard. I want some of that fresh local roast turkey on Penny's bread with sliced tomatoes, fresh greens, sliced onions, and plenty of your salad dressing. Plus some of that breakfast mixture in a glass with an ice cube. <laughs> As you would say, whoa, <laughs> but I understand. It's practically dinner time. They work you too hard over there. Stephanie was waiting tables, and as she walked by, Phoebe grabbed her attention. I've got to see Mario tonight. Tonight. How can I manage that? He's probably out at Half Moon High School, but I don't have his cell phone number. Me neither, but I've got to see him. Thanks for the shoes. You saved my life today. Think about getting Mario here tomorrow. There must be a way. Not much time to think around here. Stephanie grabbed the plates Sammy had set on the counter and carried them off to customers. Sammy set a large glass of iced breakfast mixture tea before Phoebe, and then a plate carrying a huge sandwich dripping with juices of turkey and tomatoes and dressing. Phoebe put a $20 bill on the counter. I got a race today. I'll be out back. Hey, nice going. That reminds me, I've put a few tables out there to add some atmosphere for people. I know it trims down your field a little, but folks will want to watch the game and eat at the same time. Some of your players may want to buy juice and water. And I need another employee. Phoebe made her little bow and said, You found the goose that laid the golden egg. And one hand washes the other. <laughs> you better watch out, because I actually understood what you meant. That's philosophy. I get it. It's so strange that so many people don't understand.
Thanks for listening to the Protectors of the Wood podcast. Find all our podcasts, songs, and projects on our website, protectorsofthewood.com. And to all the eco-warriors out there, remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts.